We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast Bonus Bedlam Edition. Kyle Porter joins me, the editor and publisher of Pistols Firing Blog. You and Kyle Boone did a a recap on uh, Owen Field. You were both freezing cold, but uh, so we didn't really need to do a podcast today, but we have to because yep. of uh, because of Bedlam. Have you have you thought out from Owen Field? You were li- you were visibly shaking on Owen I Field. I was I was so cold. <laughs> I should have run like a couple laps around the field before we before we filmed that um, because I couldn't I like couldn't even form formulate thoughts I couldn't talk it was I it wasn't that cold but I'm a I'm a snowflake apparently according to I'm soft very soft um, I can't play through it so <laughs> uh, yeah not not the greatest conditions for putting together a, a video but. Also, I wanted to do something a little bit with a little distance from the game just to kind of formulate thoughts and takes and opinions. I don't know if we'll do anything later this week, but I think really all people care about right now is Bedlam anyway. I don't know if people care about the West Virginia game yet. Um, but yeah, just what what will you remember from, from Bedlam 2018 after what we saw in Norman on Saturday? Oh, what will I remember? What I'll remember most is... The final result and the manner in which it happened is just so OSU that it hurts. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, we make jokes about Squinky and, and bed, go, the ghosts of Bedlam's past and Chuba fumbling and Matt Amendola not able to convert a simple, the most simple play in football is an extra point. And that ultimately is what cost them the game. That to me is what I'll remember most. But obviously... Taylor Cornelius kind of exercising his demons and throwing for 500 yards all the while still being a little corn doggish in the second quarter and the last pass of the game. It was kind of his career summed up in one game, right? Great moments mixed with just shake your head bad moments, but he was sensational. He'll remember that game even if he didn't come out on the winning side as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me, it's probably, we we always reduce this stuff to like the fourth quarter or the last drive or whatever. And that's, it's probably unfair, but that's also kind of the way it goes like that. You don't remember the beginning of the movie. You remember the end, you know? And I feel like I will remember the fourth and 12 throw that corn made to Wallace, which was just absolute laser. It was, it was sick. It was just disgusting. And the, and the catch for Wallace to hang on, I mean, Tylen Wallace Carson. We'll, we'll get to him later. He's unbelievable. He is. He put a four forty on Texas and OU. I know OU's defense isn't like, you know, the steel curtain, but my gosh. I mean, the the, the I, I went and looked it up. There's been uh, eight games against OU since two thousand where somebody's had two hundred plus, and three games against Texas since two thousand where somebody's had two hundred plus receiving yards. Uh, Tylen's on both of those lists, and he's done it in two of the last three weeks. He's averaging more yards per game than James Washington did last year, and James Washington won the Blitnikoff. It's insane. Like, that's the only way to put it. And I looked at the fan vote today for the Blitnikoff, which it's just the fan vote. It only counts as one vote, but he's leading that. And so he's just been not just better than we all thought. He is perhaps the best receiver in the country. I and that's what you saw. That's what you saw on Saturday. And, and for me, the Texas game was more impressive because I think Texas defensive backs are light years better than Oklahoma's. I think Oklahoma's defense was a flat-out embarrassment. I mean, I thought that was a big reason why Cornelius had a lot of success too. 
But um, man, Tylen Wallace, I thought was the best player on the whole field. I mean, maybe, maybe with Kyler Murray, you could argue he was better. Um, I mean, Tylen did have a few drops, I guess, which I guess would give Kyler the yeah the nod, and, and he did, and Kyler did win the football game. But man, Tylen was he did whatever he wanted. It didn't matter yeah. what OU did. And but the thing that I'll going back to what I'll remember is just kind of that ending where Corn finds Tylen from uh, on fourth and twelve. And, and hits him for a touchdown. And then I, I remember, I mean, we were on the field, and as they're driving, Kaboon looks over at me, standing next to me. We were by, uh, we were kind of by Eddie Radosevich, who was on this podcast last week. He was in a Natty Light beanie, which was like the most Eddie thing ever. It was awesome. It's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Coop, by the way. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but as they're driving, Kyle, got, he looked over and he was like, they got to go for two. And I was like, yeah, I, th- I think they do, but I don't I don't know. Like that just feels like not a Gundy move right here. And so them scoring and then looking cuz we're at the other end of the field looking down the field to see the offense staying on and there's a little bit of chaos and then obviously uh running the play and and corn coming up short to to Tylen on the right side. I mean, I just I won't forget those two plays. I mean, they they it, it was you knew they were important as they were happening, that it was that type of thing. Like you felt the weight of them as they were happening. And I think we'll look back on this bedlam and there are a ton of plays to remember, but those are the two that, that really will, uh, will stand out to me. Well, in that vein, what actually, what stands out to me most, Kyle was <clears throat> my Gundy, I think proved me wrong. Um, as far as his approach to this game. Yeah. You know, for so many years, we've seen him coach conservatively, coaching not to lose. I think part of it was he's a big underdog. It seems as if, you know, 2014, uh, last year, I guess last year they were a favorite. But, like, last year and this year, he coached to win. Yeah. And I go back to the end of the end of the first half. They get the ball. It, it's about a minute to go. And I'm like, well, here's where we take a knee and go to half because Oshu gets the ball to start the half instead of yeah. going to get points, which you have to go get points. And yeah. what does he do? They hand the ball off to Chuba, and he gets seven yards. And in my head, I'm going, watch, Gundy's probably going, Chuba, no, Chuba, get down, Chuba, Chuba, Chuba. Oh, Chuba got seven yards. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so then they ran hurry up, and they, they proceed to be aggressive, and they go uh, 90 or whatever. I can't remember how far. I have it pulled up here. But they go and score a touchdown in 54 seconds. They go 75 yards in, 45, in 54 seconds. Yeah. And that, that completely flips the script on this mm-hmm. game. Completely. And you, you flip that, Oklahoma pulled a Gundy. Yeah. Lincoln Riley runs the ball, gets booed by everyone in the stadium wearing crimson. Which was hilarious. He, so bad that he had to call timeout and then try to go get points. He was like so embarrassed. He's like, I can't, I can't get booed out of my own stadium. What am I doing? He call, I'll call timeout. Kyler, thro- Kyler throws for a first down. They try to get him to slide for a field goal, and they end up taking too much time because they ran the football in the first play. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was a totally bizarre sequence in the half, but I thought it was so refreshing to see Gundy and Yursich go for it. That's, that's all anyone wearing orange wanted to see was yeah. OSU not play scared against Oklahoma. That's all we've ever wanted to see. We saw it. It wasn't good enough. Again, I think this comes back to hiring a special teams coach. Matt Amendola has missed five of his past six. Maybe it's just a case where your kicker has got the yips. Maybe that's just it. That happens sometimes. It certainly happened to Oklahoma kickers in the past. 
But it once again, special teams cost you the game. It really cost them the game. I mean, it, they lost the game against Baylor, the block punt, and they couldn't convert the simplest play in football, and that cost them. What uh, what was the the game against Texas A and M in the mid two thousands where they missed the extra point? Do you remember that? It was in Stillwater. It was homecoming. It was freezing. I remember I they it was, they got blocked. It was like thirty four thirty three. Uh, that was the Jaworski Lane game where he caught yeah. it with one hand doing like a yeah. 360. I think he was 04. No, it was Gundy era. I think it was like 05 or 06. 06? Okay, 06 yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that – I mean, as soon as he missed that extra point, I, I think I wrote this – I might have tweeted this out or wrote it down or something. I just said, you know, given what I know about this game and Oklahoma State's history with it, I'm sure – I'm sure that won't come <laughs> back and – and Han Oklahoma State, and it and it did. I mean, it, it, you know, and who knows? Like maybe Kyler goes seventy five yards in sixty three seconds, and it and it doesn't matter anyway. You know, I think that I, that is probably fifty fifty at that point, just because of how good he had been all night. Although I will say, I was really impressed by Oklahoma State's defense in the second half. It, it felt in the first half, just being in the stadium. Carson, it felt like it felt like OU could score seventy five points if they wanted to. I mean, that's legitimately what it felt like. And the second half, I think they had six drives, maybe seven, something like that, and they only scored uh, twice. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I think they scored fourteen points in the second half. Oh, OSU outscored them nineteen to fourteen in the second half. Yeah, and I, I just, I. I I don't know. Kyler's unbelievable. Gundy's right. He's faster in person than he is on TV. He is a freak show. I mean, he is he is to be that fast and to and to throw that good of a ball. It's just it's he's going to play baseball. I mean, he he's he was better than I I think he was better than Baker last year. Well, numbers wise, yes, he is so far. Um, I'm not going to go that far. But he looks like Kyle. Do you remember an NCAA football game in college when you just get a fast quarterback and you would just run around? <laughs> You'd send everybody on verts and you just take off. Does. That's like their best play. I know. And he's so fast that not one defender I've seen. I've watched Oklahoma a lot this year, obviously. I've covered them plenty. Not one defender can take the proper angle on him because he just outruns the angle every time. Yeah. He's that quick. He's that yeah. fast. <clears throat> But back to the the kicking situation, I thought that made Gundy's decision to go for two even easier. You know, he said he decided before that drive even started he was going for two. I, I got I kind of got into this with PFB Nate, who who said he should have kicked it because there was too much time on the clock. It would have been coaching malpractice to put Matt Amendola back out there in that situation. Yeah, he's but mel- a- he's completely melting down. You can't. You're going to go down. I'm going down with my quarterback and Tywin Wallace. I'm not going down with. My kicker, who's missed five of his past seven kicks and has missed two extra points this year, that ain't happening. That's he would have gotten roasted if he tried to kick the extra point there. I think the bigger issue there is if you go to, I I don't think the extra point thing was an issue. I mean, are you really gonna miss two extra points in that game? I mean, I, are I just, you really, are you really gonna trust him to make it? Are you kidding <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah, it's an extra point. I mean, like the percent- he, he wasn't even close on the extra point that he <laughs> yeah, missed. I know, I know. It Gundy wasn't said, even close. Gundy said that didn't factor in. I have no idea. I I get what you're of saying. I think I think the bigger issue for me is like if you go if you're planning to go to overtime, are you going to stop Kyler from the 25? And if you do, how many times are you going to do it? 
Yeah, you're like, not. I, I just, I, I, that's not a, that's not a situation I want to get into. The longer yeah. that game goes, the more the game is, the more the higher OU's winning percentage goes up. The I mean, longer they, it goes. they did stop him in the second half quite a bit. I just don't, I don't want to get into a situation where I'm putting Kyler Murray 25 yards out to where he can run. He can, I mean, they can do a lot of different things from right there. I, it's, it's not, that's not good. That's not a, that's not a scenario that, that I want to get into if, if I'm Mike Gundy. I, I don't, does anybody, I mean, other than PFB Nate, of course, but does anybody think that that was the, wrong decision for Oklahoma State to make like is anybody being critical of Gundy for making that decision no I mean that's the only place I've seen it I mean yeah that's all I mean I don't know how anyone could criticize that decision it was I would have been amazed if he had tried to kick the extra point just just flabbergasted well it it did cross my mind as when we were down there because there was a lot of time left and I was like Man, knowing what I know about Gundy in this game and just his career and the way everything's played out, like I'm, I'm a little surprised he's going for two. I don't, I wasn't shocked, but there was still some part of me that was like, oh, okay, I get, I guess they're doing this. Now we can talk about the play that they ran all day because, and I go, I, I said this to, uh, I think I said it to Mark Cooper walking off the field, Tulsa World, uh, Mark Cooper, he. Gundy in September, it was after we probably talked about this last week after the Baylor game. He said Corn should never throw. He was joking, but he said Corn should never throw and rolling out to his right ever again. Two <laughs> two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row, they needed three yards to to win games. Three yards, that's it. And they roll Corn out to the right and have him throw. I mean, <laughs> I, I I I'm I don't understand it. I mean. I, you know, and Corn should have hit Tylen. Tylen was open. I didn't think he was open whenever I first saw it, but I went back and watched it, and and he was. I mean, that's not a difficult throw, I guess. I just I don't I don't know if I love him making that throw on the run, given how good he had been in the pocket all night. Yeah, in the moment, I hated the call because here was the main problem I had with it. They put Tylen on the left. They run him in motion, which yeah. I know I know they're doing that to see if they're in man coverage. I get that. But the entire stadium is looking at Tywin Wallace. Everyone, <laughs> 89,000 people know where you're throwing the football in that moment. Everybody. He was open, yes. But I think people are highly overrating how open he was because they, they gave – I've been sent the screen grab whenever Corn has the ball cocked and is ready to throw and he's open. Yeah. Trey, Trey <laughs> Brown is the second fastest player behind Marquise Brown on the entire OU team. He is already breaking on the ball Yeah. as yeah. Cornelius has it. Locked and loaded. Now, is he open? If he makes a throw to the pylon and leads him, will he catch it? Maybe. Maybe Maybe Brown breaks that. We don't know. So I'm not going to criticize the play. It looked like he was open. If it's a better throw, they'd probably score. But the problem well, you, I had with it most was the lack of deception. I think down near the goal yeah. line, I, I need a play where I'm going to – I know there's not many plays where you're just going to walk in on the goal line. I understand that. But like those Cliff Kingsbury plays we saw in Stillwater with all mm, that movement, all that yeah. deception – that's what I kind of wanted to see. And so, like, I'm not going to be too critical of it. I just – and Mark Cooper pointed this out, too. If Tylen's not open, there's literally no other person running a route on that play. It was, yeah. it was all or nothing on one yeah. one route, which I don't like that either. Yeah, I think it was exacerbated by how bad the throw was. Like, it, it looked like <clears> – <throat> it made it seem like he was a lot more open than he probably was because you're like, how could it be that bad? Like, if you just make a de- – you know. But, like, I, th- I think – I think you're right. I think he would have had to be a pretty good throw because he also had a defender, I think, between him and the ball at, 
at some I, I don't know exactly where the defender was, but he. Had I to think kinda... that af- I think that affected the throw. To yeah. be honest. Yeah, um, I think you're right. You know what play I would have liked? I said this after the game. I, I don't. <laughs> I'll probably get killed for this, but whatever. Oh no. The the toss sweep to Chuba. The I formation toss sweep yeah, that they the te- ran. The Texas that he dropped. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I hate that play. The play I really would have liked. Do you remember the old Les Miles play they used to run where they would fake it to the fullback and then pitch it out <laughs> wide? Yeah, only now they don't hand it to Sean Willis anymore, so no one would bite <laughs> on the fake. I that was It was an auto eight yards for, for Tatum Bell. Automatic. Every time. You could run that on NCAA football, the video game. Rest I in lo- peace. I loved that play. I would so have ran weird. that. I would have just ripped off Cliff Kingsbury and ran that play where, like, the receiver and running back kind of they bunch up by the quarterback, and you have zero clue who has the ball, and Chuba <laughs> just runs it around the other end. That would have been my play. I mean, to your point though, like, and this is sort of what they tried to do against Baylor. It didn't work very well, so I don't know if you go back to it again, but. Don't you want some like misdirection there in terms of like you said like everybody knows it's going to Thailand. It had been going to Thailand all night. Like don't you don't you run that play but then like bootleg corn out the other way and have Jelani going out to the left or something? I mean I I I don't know. I we I mean I don't it. I don't hate yeah, I mean we could second guess this all day and I don't yeah. hate going to the best player on your team. That's that's my only hope was they didn't throw the fade. So they didn't throw the fade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have been just livid if they had thrown the fade route, but Someone tweeted me and said an NFL offensive coordinator would utilize Jelani far more around the goal line. Mm. I, I tend to agree with that as well. Yeah. He, I stood next to him before the game, Kyle, on the field. <laughs> it was like standing next to one of those giants from Game of Thrones, which I know you don't watch that show, but just know he looked like he was eight foot five. Yeah, standing next to me. I it saw him on. I, I was standing sort of close to him on the field after the game, and it was like he doesn't even look. He looks like like a Halloween costume where you have two people in the costume. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's, it's insane how, how tall he is. Um, Okay. Carson, we're going to talk best bedlams and then also best players on the field on Saturday. But first uh, we need to do a toast. We haven't done a toast in a while because we've been having so many guests on, but it's time for the Coop Works toast of the week. Coop Works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma city. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupe Bellworks, and please remember to drink responsibly. Carson, who are you toasting uh, for Bedlam 2018? Who do you think I'm toasting? (laughs) I'm pretty sure I know. I'm going with the siren (laughs) from Tyron. Kyle, I was I didn't get to see you much in the press box. I was up top on the photo deck. Um, when he mossed that guy and held up the X, it was, threw up the it, X for it was Dez, sick. <laughs> The only like the only thing I can tell you that happened because I blacked out for a second was <laughs> I made the I made the Kirk Herb Street earthquake face <laughs> for about a minute and a half before I snapped out of it and clipped the play and put it on, on Twitter. So just, <laughs> you know, the, I've, I've taken a lot of flack for my tyrant takes and they always seem to come home to roost in bedlam. I mean, yeah, his two career yeah. games are against Oklahoma and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think when the chips are down, you're playing a team that's far superior to you. You look for your best athletes, your best talent. And Tyron is certainly one of them. I mean, how about the hurdle? Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
How about that hurdle? He could have jumped over Jelani with that hurdle. The the his best play, honestly, it might have been the oh, juke. Oh yeah. Oh it. I think he killed a guy. With that, that was juke. the guy, that guy was, tripped and broke his leg. That was obscene. The only thing I could think of was Yurcich telling me he could get past me in a phone booth. I was like, he could have <laughs> got past like Trey Brown in a phone booth. Oh, it was it was so much fun to watch, and they needed it. To, they needed they needed it too. I mean, other than Tylen, they weren't getting much production out of. Poor Dylan Stoner. I mean, as great as Cornelius was, he could not find Dylan. How about that second quarter that Cornelius had? Yeah. He throws he throws in the first quarter some of the best deep balls I think I've ever seen to yeah. Tylen and to Tyron. And then he can't throw a, a crossing seam over the middle to to Stoner. Like it's behind him. This poor Stoner's diving, hitting it with like one hand. He's doing everything he can to try and catch him. <laughs> yeah. But uh no, they they needed Tyron's production, so credit to him. He, he's had a frustrating year. I mean, there's been so many times he's been open deep that the balls sailed past him, and he really had a monster game. So, I, you know, I'm going to toast him. Yeah. Well, it's 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 deserved. Um, you know, I, I I thought it was interesting in the second quarter because Cornelius, he short-hopped Landon Wolf, like, out to the right. It's kind of into the sun. It was like this – I think that it led to, like, their first punt. And I wrote in my notes, I said, I feel like that's, like, the clock striking midnight for for Cornelius. Like he finally thought about like who they were playing, what OU was ranked, what he had done up to that point, and was like, oh crap! Like I this you know, like he he. But then after that, like to his credit, he balled out in the second half. I mean, he was he he did have his moments where he made some bad throws, but he was he was pretty awesome throughout. And to throw, for, I know OU's defense stinks and whatever, but. To put up just the third 500-yard game in Oklahoma State school history, I, I just, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was pretty good. I thought it, I thought it was as good or better than his Texas performance. No, I agree. I mean, he threw for 500 yards. Like he played awesome. I mean, he he's the reason they were in the game. I mean, I, I do want to give a credit to the offensive line too. He had time to throw. Yeah, yeah. And so that that obviously helped. Uh, I thought the offensive line played great. And uh, no, Cornelius, that was the game of his life. I mean, he yep. he. He pulled out all the stops. He just—he's gonna rue that missed last throw, and I hate it for him. He kind of had a. Yeah. We we interviewed him uh, after the game, and man, he he was heartbroken. It was yeah. it was kind of it was hard to hard to watch, but um, no, he played great. He played awesome. Um, I mean, but I mean, I'm not gonna. I know you wrote a post today about eating corn crow. Is that yeah. is that right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and this is what like like stuff changes. He's been he's been he wasn't like great at Baylor, but. In two of the last three games, he's been really good, and he's putting up numbers that are kind of commensurate with what you would expect from QB1 at Oklahoma State, like Mason rudolph light numbers over the last three games since the bye week, since the K-State game. But guess what? That, that doesn't like – I've said this before, but you don't, we don't get to like retroactively apply that to the first seven games of the season. He was average. Like for everybody's like, you know, coming at me like, oh, this is – you know. You're a you're a not a believer and all that and it's like well, I I watch what I watch like I don't know what to tell you and if you if you say that you saw this coming from Taylor Cornelius then you're just not being truthful I mean I, I don't know what to what to tell people but to his credit like he stepped into that and has had two really really good games against probably the two best overall teams Oklahoma State has played this year. Oh uh, yeah, I think his best games have come against the best teams. You go back to Boise. I mean, yeah, 
But I, I don't think you deserve to eat any crow because they're they're five and five, and quarterback play is a big reason they've lost five games. So yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we're underrating how bad the defense is. Speaking of the defense, no, I, I mean they <laughs> they gave up seven hundred yards and forty eight points, which. <laughs> I mean, 48 points against OU is a good good effort these days. They I held know. them to 14 in the second half. I mean, I uh, no, the defense has been has been a huge reason why they're five and five as well. I don't I don't pin this all on him, but the fact is he's he's been bad at times and he's been good at times. And I thought Bedlam was a good microcosm of that. He he hit those great throws to Tywin and missed some easy ones. That but, was, that uh, no, was... I mean, it was a good game from him. That was the biggest difference, the deep balls. He, I mean, somebody in the press box looked at me and said, "Is that the first deep pass he's completed all year?" And I was, I was thinking back. I think he had one at Kansas to Tyron that traveled like forty yards in the air. But throw after deep throw, he's just missed. Like he just, and and it's weird, right? Because like he's obviously got talent at wide receiver. He's obviously got a good arm. He obviously knows what the plays are, and he just hasn't connected deep. And he finally did two or three times in Bedlam, and uh, as a result, he played probably the game of his life. But. I'm not toasting Taylor Cornelius. I'm going to the other side of the ball. Somebody who I thought played maybe one of the more underrated games on Saturday. Uh, because, again, Oklahoma State gave up 48 points defensively. Although I will say they held OU to below their season average in terms of like points per drive. And I think you said around their season average in, in yards per play. Um, so they weren't. it wasn't all bad. But Kenneth Edison Magruder uh, was, I think, the best player on defense for OSU. I think he had 12 tackles, two or three sacks. He was awesome. And <clears throat> while he couldn't like hang with Kyler, he couldn't really spy him or anything like that, he was seemingly in the middle of it whenever OSU got any stops at all. I, I, was, I was really impressed by him. And he's somebody you haven't heard as much from as maybe you expected coming into the year. Um, so it was good to see him have a have a good game and – uh, you know, probably the biggest game Oklahoma State will play this year. The ninth president, yeah, Kenneth Edison Magruder. And I'll I'll toast a uh, what should I toast to him? Um, maybe a uh, an Oktoberfest. I had one yeah. of those last night. An Oktoberfest to uh, to the ninth president, Kenneth he Edison had, Magruder. He had one career sack coming into that game. He had two against yeah. OU. Yeah, pretty impressive. He was Especially good. sacking Kyler Murray. Sacking Kyler Murray should be worth double. <laughs> <laughs> should be worth uh, like three sacks. Okay, we were talking before. Um, actually, you want to go unis real quick, and then we'll get to best bedlams? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, uh, they did it. I didn't think they would. You didn't think they would. And they did. I thought they might be wasting the glorious combo that is black, white, orange. But man, it it provided a little uni karma, did it not? I mean, shades of 2014, shocking the world. They nearly pulled it off. Uh, I thought that was incredibly perfect. That that helmet with the the chrome brand on the on the flat black helmet, just sensational. I mean, I think I think that's my favorite combo. Of Oklahoma State, you've said that before. I agree with you. I think it's it's the best articles they have as far as the black helmet, the orange pants, the white jersey doesn't do much for me. But on the road, you have to wear it. So I think it's yeah. it's definitely their best road look. Now, if you want to talk to me about black, orange, black, I'll listen. All mm-hmm. black, I'll listen. Black, black, orange, I'll listen. But as far as road uniforms go, for me, that's the best they can do. I want to see black, black, orange. 
Have we seen that with the with the, I, we haven't seen it with those that helmet because this nope. is just the what second time we've seen that helmet or third time? I think it's second since Bedlam last year. Yeah, it that was, was awesome. I couldn't not think of 2014 when when they were <laughs> when I was watching the game. It just like it was just right there the whole time. Um, but yeah, I loved it. It was it was a really good. It was a really good look. We I, is that the how many times have we seen the orange pants this year? First time. I think so. I think it is. Which is a, they're so bright. It's a travesty. They're so bright. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, they're great. I mean, and it's like the most perfect OSU combo. It's got the the black, the white, and the orange. It's it's yep. fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. It was awesome. Um, I will say another uniform note. We were uh, we were just like taken to our knees by the ideas we had of the crying Jordan, the crying Jordan memes. If OU lost, um, <laughs> I just I I couldn't. It, it would have been unbelievable. Like crying, had- Jordan, <laughs> crying Jordan, the Jordan on Kyler's jersey would have been just <laughs> unbelievable. Well, I would have put like the crying Jordan, like Tyron hurtling gif over <laughs> one of the OU guys with the crying Jordan face on. That would have been what I would have done. Man, I will say this about OU's facility and campus. Like, yeah, that was your it, first time seeing it, wasn't it? If I'm a recruit. Yikes. <laughs> it's impressive. They got oh, the big, I mean, they got the big Jordan brand and logo all over the Switzer center. Like it's like this, it looks like, it looks like Nike town, Chicago or something. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and, right. uh, it's, it's a cool atmosphere. I will say, I think like, and this might be a hot take. I think Oklahoma state's, uh, in stadium experience. I think it gets as loud as any of these places that I've been to. I, I really do. And maybe that's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But to be on the field for last year's Bedlam, for Texas this year, it is loud at Oklahoma State. And it's loud other places. It was loud at OU on Saturday. But I just, I'm continually impressed by how good of an experience Oklahoma State's in-stadium crowd can be in big games. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That was a good point you made in the, in the post-game show. Like, the peaks of like OU's crowd and the peaks of OSU's, I think, are pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, obviously OU has like about twenty-five more thousand people there. Yeah. But I think the 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 way the stadium is built in Stillwater really can get loud now with Gallagher Iba and the closed yep. end zone. It's just a what did what did the pardon my take guys call it like a it's like playing football on a different planet or something <laughs> Stillwater. <laughs> yeah, which is I like that. I like the way. I that mean, was said. we Kyle, we talked last week uh, coming into the Bedlam game about what ifs. Mm. What's your what's your biggest what if? Because there's about 19 what ifs from this bedlam game before we get to our best bedlams. Yeah, that's a good question. I I think it I think it might be the the Chuba fumble. I guess. I mean, it's easy to say the two point conversion or the extra point, but I think the Chuba fumble is a big one. And Gundy pointed this out because all of a sudden you you don't have to go for two there because you because it was tied at that point. You can go for one and you're just wasn't it tied then? Yeah. And so you're just you're just winning. Like, you're just up. And then all of a sudden, um, OU's kind of on the ropes a little bit. There's five minutes left. If they lose, Big 12 title might be out of the – you know, all these different scenarios in play. Uh, and and Chuba was, was playing really well. I mean, I, I don't – I don't, I don't mean to like take anything away from him. He was awesome. 
especially in, in Justice's absence. Man, he dude, he is he's a really good running back. Like, I've always thought of him as this like Swiss Army knife that Oklahoma State's just gonna use kind of in different ways. He might just like be the guy at running back. He ran hard and he ran up through the tackles, which I've kind of not liked all year, but he did it really well in Bedlam. I mean, how about those yeah. runs near the goal line where he just broke through some tackles? Yeah. He was awesome. Ran for over 100 yards. He really lifted the team after they lost. I mean, losing Justice Hill obviously hurt. Yeah. But, man, Chuba, week in, week out, he's starting to prove he's he's the heir apparent at running back. And I, I, I'm with you. I do think that's the biggest what if, the fumble. I do think Chuba thought his leg was broken in half. It looked scary. I thought it scary. was, too. <laughs> I mean, I saw the replay, and I'm like, oh, well, Chuba's done for the year. That looked horrible. And he kind of reacted as if his leg was broken because he kind of like it looked like he almost kind of went into shock. He kind of yeah. dropped the ball and then like after it he kind of just looked dazed. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that might be a, a they might be bringing out the air cast for him. And fortunately, mm-hmm. he was in the very next play. Yeah, um, isn't it amazing to you, Kyle, when you're standing there on the field that people don't like break their limbs every play? I, I mean, I'm just amazed that I'm of the same like species as these people. Yeah, that too. Like I, like, I just, the the way that they hit and run and it's so violent. It, it's just, and then like I was standing next to um to Malcolm Rodriguez in the in the uh, like interviews afterwards, and he he's I mean he's big, but he's not like I don't I don't know like he's not like a gargantuan human being, but they're just so fast and they hit so hard. It's 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 just it's it's very it's very hard to describe to somebody who hasn't like seen it really up close. Yeah, no, it's it's a different game at field level than it is on TV. That's for sure. Totally, totally. Um, okay, uh, best bedlams. We're we're, let's, we're we're gonna do Gundy era because you and I get out of our world a little bit when we go. I mean, we can do less. Uh, Gundy shouted uh, less out in the post game. Did you hear that? No. Did he say let it rip? No. He <laughs> he said let it ride, but he also said um, Mark Cooper asked him if they thought about going I formation on the two point conversion. And Gundy said, you know, we've been doing that a lot as an ode to Les so that he'll watch us on TV more. <laughs> Which is, he used to he used to battle Les on that, I'm sure. You know, he always yeah. wanted to throw it, Les always wanted to run it. <laughs> yeah, which is which That's a great hilarious. answer though. We might get Les back in the Big Twelve if he goes to Kansas. I hope that oh, happens. I need it. Um okay, best bedlams since Gundy took over. And and we're not talking about OSU wins, we're just talking about best overall games. Yeah, I think it's got to be 2010. As you mentioned, was it 40 points scored in the last 15 minutes or something? Yep. Or yeah. what was it? That's I think it's 40, 42 points in the fourth quarter, I think. Yeah, and that was the year, <laughs> you know, they, they throw the two bombs. The best, I think it's still the best play call I've ever seen. Uh, you know, it's like third down. The entire stadium thinks OU is going to run the ball to, to work the clock. And. Kevin Wilson calls the play action to James Hanna. It's just wide open. He goes for like 80 yards. That's when I said, Oklahoma will never lose to OSU ever again. It's just not happening. <laughs> and then the, and then OSU and OSU beat them the very next year in 2011 to win, win, win it all, win the Big 12 title. But I think it's got to be 2010. Um, honorable mention for me, I think last year's game was absolutely mm. bonkers, incredible. Yeah. Scored 15 touchdowns in that game. I mean, that's that's probably the ones I think of most. Yeah, th- those are those are my two as well. I think that um, I think this one might be in the in the top three. I don't know. So I think those two are are definitely top two. In in twenty twelve, 
And then your other your others for consideration are 12, 13, and 18. 13 was I, – I, I'm not going to put it in there just because it wasn't – it was a crazy ending, a crazy fourth quarter, but I don't – it wasn't a great game. No. Like, it was, a, it was a messy game, and there was a lot of punting, and it was cold, and – so I think your I think your top four of the Gundy era in some order are ten, seventeen, eighteen, and twelve. Um, I I think I'd put eighteen third behind ten and seventeen, but I could be talked out of that based on how depending on how you perceive or remember twenty twelve. Yeah, I think I think twelve just because it went to overtime and. I got a great stat from the from the twelve game. What's that? Oklahoma State uh, did not trail in regulation. Yeah, that is just insane. They did I not. I mean, they, they, that's absurd. They didn't trail in Bedlam uh, between like from the twenty ten game until the twenty thirteen game in regu- <laughs> in regulation. Ugh. That's horrible. And they went one and one. <laughs> it's like the it's like the most OSU stat ever in Bedlam. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, what stands out to me most, though, about seventeen, I think we're going to look back at, at the players involved. Yeah, you know yeah. Baker Mayfield, James Washington, Mason Rudolph. I think that one will age certainly a lot better than I think this year's will. Mm-hmm. Perhaps just because OSU is going to barely make a bowl game if they make one. Yeah. Uh, I think the players involved in the the stakes to me also much higher last year than 2012 or or this season. Yeah, no, uh, it, yeah, I think you're right. I think those, I think 10 and and 17 are certainly in the top tier because, like you mentioned, the 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 players involved and I don't know. This one was great though. Like it, it was. Um, I don't know if it was great for the. By the way, I thought you had the the best tweet of the entire night. Maybe when you said that. You hoped uh, Glenn Spencer and Mike Stoops were watching the game together over beers. <laughs> over some coops. Yeah. <laughs> Not our problem. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's so hard to to defend these great offenses. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I don't know. We, we don't need to get into that, but... Um, yeah, I think I think ten and seventeen is is probably a cut above, and then I'd put in some order twelve and and eighteen just below that. You want to hear a stat that's more OSU in Bedlam than the one you gave me? <laughs> did Did you see this thread on Twitter? No, I haven't. I've not been on from Blinken Riley. He's like a statistician. Oh, <laughs> you? I have seen him on there before. Can I just give you three Bedlam stats? And mm. our listeners are gonna hate this, but it, yeah, it's it, they're fun. they're kind of crazy. Uh, Oklahoma scored 75 points in the first Bedlam game. Oklahoma State didn't score their 75th point until the 24th meeting. Mm, that's fine. <laughs> this uh, Bud, Barry, and Bob coached the Sooners for a total of 51 seasons. They won more national championships than had losses to OSU. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this one, though, is my favorite, and it's the last one, I promise. Oklahoma State currently has an all-time winning percentage of .517, so 51.7%. If Oklahoma lost their next 500 games in a row, wait, they'd have a hold, hold, hold on, hold on. What, what was the what was the percentage? Point five one seven. Point. So that's five. Fifty one percent. All time winning percentage. Oh, all time like school. Okay, school history. Yeah, Oklahoma gotcha. State has a, Oklahoma State currently has an all time winning percentage of I'll call it fifty one point seven percent. Okay. If Oklahoma lost their next 500 games in a row. 
they would have an all-time winning percentage of 51.9%. <laughs> like, not just like 100 games in a row, 200 maybe, 500 in a row. That's like, which, which, that's like 40 seasons. Yeah, <laughs> which I think it, it tells you one thing. What, one, that OU's obviously unbelievable, and they've had, they had Bud Wilkinson and all them back in the day. But it, OSU really wasn't trying to win at football for about 100 years. Yeah. You know, I tweeted out the Pat, Pappy Waldorf record. And the, guy, <laughs> the, guy, the guy who never lost to OU, and they, they like cut his salary and he left. He held, he held OU scoreless for 19 straight quarters, like, and they, they cut his salary. It's just OSU was not trying to win at football forever. So just that, those stats certainly illustrate that. I should have named my website pappywaldorf.com. He he was the man. My uh, statistics <laughs> teacher, shout out to Bob Darcy. He he like did a whole lesson on on Pappy Waldorf, how he was like the greatest coach in OSU history. That's a great idea for a for a statistics teacher. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. That's great. Uh, okay, a uh, couple more things to get to Carson, but first, uh, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, last couple things. I wanted to uh, just get your ranking, and maybe top three, four, five, whatever, of uh, best players on the field on Saturday. Um, One, I'm going Tylen Wallace. I thought he had a better game than Kyler. If, that, if that's a hot take, so be it. I'll go Kyler, too. Um, I thought I thought OU didn't really play up to their full potential on offense. I thought Lincoln Riley had one of his worst games as the offensive coordinator. I thought he abandoned the run, and uh, Kyler made that crucial mistake at the end of the half. So I'll give I'll give Tylen Wallace the nod. I'll say he was the best player on the field. I'll go Kyler two, three. I think I'm going to go Chuba. Mm, that's those what, are my uh, top. Those are my top three. I'll go Marquise Brown four. Okay. Um. Yeah, Boone had Kyle Boone had uh, Chuba at two, I think, or maybe three. I think he had him at three. Um, yeah, OU's run game is so impressive. You know, we we were talking about you and I were talking about this. I think at halftime, like they're missing by far their best running back, and they put up three fifty three on the ground. I mean, and they don't play their best running back. Kenny Brooks is better than Trey Sermon. He doesn't start. I mean, Kenny like, Brooks averaged 11 <clears throat> yards per carry. He's averaging over like 12 or 13 for the year. He like leads the country in yards per carry. Insane. And they still and like like for instance, the first play of the game, Trey Sermon goes 65 yards. Like Kenny Brooks scores. So yeah. like, <laughs> OU's averaging 8.8 yards per play. I think it'd be higher if they were starting the right running back. But their their running game's insane, and it starts with their offensive line. And it, it's just frightening to think what this offense would be doing with Rodney Anderson. Um. Okay, I'm going Kyler one. I just the first half blew me away. I mean, I I know he wasn't as good in the second half, but I was just flabbergasted by the way he played in the first half. I'm going Tylen two. Uh, he was he was great. The drops drop uh, put him down a few few notches. Um, 
which is, by the way, him and him and uh, Tyron combined for thirty-one targets on Saturday. Of uh, of Corn's fifty-three throws. Remember when we thought Stoner would lead the team and everything? Yeah, uh, Tyron is number three on my list. Ooh, I mean, I, I, I like I, that. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't get over this. How like, and and people, you know, you can you can combat this any which way you want but the two highest ranked recruits on Oklahoma State's roster Tylen Wallace Tyron Johnson whenever whenever you get in these big games against and you said this earlier but against other top talent the the, the cream rises to the top I mean like there's a reason that Ty, two of Tyron's 300 yard games in college have been against OU in these monstrous situations I mean, that's not, that's not like an accident. Like that stuff matters. And it do, does it always matter? No. Is it a foolproof uh, formula? No, of course not. But whenever, whenever you get in, into games like that, I, I just, I'm amazed at how often that talent rises to the top. And we saw Oklahoma state's two highest ranked recruits put up what, you know, 350 yards combined receiving. He, he was, and he was like, I don't know. He, he just the way he carried himself all night. It, it was awesome. I, I just loved watching it. Um, I'm going corn four and then uh, Hollywood five. That's my top five. Okay, I like I it. Thought, I thought corn was was excellent. He was. He was great. And that was game of his life. Yeah, I, I hated to see that last pass go down. So did he. But he yeah, he gave him a chance to win. I mean, those throws he made were absolute. See, he looked like he looked like Tom Brady in the first half. <laughs> At points, <laughs> I know it was, and it's so confusing, right? And I asked Gundy about this after the game, but like, why? Why is Oklahoma State like? Why do they only play well against ranked teams? I, well, I, I mean, I think that's coming out of this game. I think the two big what ifs for me are, or I guess, whys is why don't they play and coach that aggressively every game? And why don't they go to Tyron throughout the whole season? I mean, he was he, most of his games this year. He had less than three catches. CC I mean, Rashawn Woods, right? Exactly. Rashawn and I are on the same page on that. I mean, I, and I'm not even like usually I'm joking about that, but like th- these are just two what ifs I have. What if they coach that way every game, and what if they utilize Tyron Johnson more? I mean, would they have scored more points this year? I, I got. I mean, I say that, and as I referenced earlier in the show, I mean he's overthrown Tyron several times when he was wide yeah. open. So it's not as if they've just totally ignored him either. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I just, my one, my one confusion about this entire season is how do you explain the Kansas state game? Yeah. How, how do you explain the lack of aggression in, in the, the games in which you're not an underdog? Which you're, well, they've played and, worse as a, they've played worse as a favorite than they have as an underdog. Yeah. I it mean, be, it should be the opposite. They're three and what are they're three and four as a favorite, <laughs> not against the spread, but, like outright the three and four is a favorite and uh two and one as an underdog and almost three and oh i mean if corn completes that pass they're three and oh as an underdog again not against the spread but just outright winning games i i, I don't get it gundy said he didn't get it either I, it, it's um i don't know i think that's got to be frustrating if you're an oklahoma state fan last thing carson you tweeted this out i wrote about it today i thought it was I thought it was awesome. Gundy 
and tell me if you agree, Gundy seemed emotional in his kind of opening statement on Saturday night, just talking about like competing and how his team bounced back. And I mean, he's, he's seen a lot of bedlams and I thought it was pretty cool to see him get emotional about, about not being able to win that game on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I think it's everything. I think I, and people who have followed OSU football under Mike Gundy for a long time have wanted to see on the field and, and hear him say, cause how many times in the lead up to Bedlam has he said, well, it's just like any other game. That's not what people want to hear. That's just not. And he treated it like it wasn't just any other game. And, I, and I'll, I'll play it for people that haven't heard it right now. If you I'll want to go your way, I would like to complete that last pass, but sometimes in life, things don't always go your way, but uh, I told the team couldn't be any more proud of them. Um, came to the fight and stood tall, said, here I am play uh, that's what we asked them to do that's what they did so uh um as a coach that's all you can ask uh guys to, to buy in practice hard and uh when it comes time to play to play and uh so very excited about them standing toe to toe made a lot of plays fun game yeah i mean he his voice was cracking a little there and yeah. you gotta love it i mean you just i think gundy proved a lot of people wrong that he plays not to win when it comes to Oklahoma in this game it was, yeah. it was a joy to see I just I wish I would see it when they're when they're favored against Oklahoma but that's everything and more that I wanted to see in here yeah it was great um okay that's all I got you got any other uh any final bedlam thoughts oh uh, we got some Twitter questions if you want to take oh, those I forgot about that yeah let's go let's do it okay uh let's see here where do I begin we got quite a bit uh, let's see here <laughs> is corn dog good <laughs> from Tower Beats? We'll start there. Is, is corn dog good now? Yeah, he's he's good. I mean, I I don't know if he's consistently great, but his his three game splits are a lot different than his first seven game splits. I'll say that. And you're in a situation now where it's like it's not to bring the Spencer Sanders thing back up, but what are what are you playing for you know and i get it like you play out the you, you know it's it's playing to to win right now versus playing for next year it's just these are hard decisions and uh but i think he's going to play the rest of the year and not he wouldn't be benched because of his performance obviously but because you want to get a head start on 2019 but i think he's i think he's good i think if he was coming back next year i would feel good about having him as the starting quarterback that was from Tyler Beats. Uh, Brian Giddings says, "Why does Gundy hate young adults?" <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I, I probably should not be the one to answer this. Did you see his his little sound diatribe? Uh, diatribe is that a good what, way to put it? What was that? Ah, uh, he's tired of the soft millennial generation that he has to recruit to play football <laughs> to see his program. <laughs> like it, it was almost like just a mad lib of like buzzwords that you would see on a, well, yeah, we Make should America just, great again. Post. We should probably <laughs> just take another question. All right, uh, Colin Johnston, a uh, friend of the pod, good Twitter follow. So yeah. there seems to be a good opportunity for next year's triplets to be excellent with Chuba and Tywin prime for big seasons. Will Sanders be the real deal? I know. I've thought about that. That's quite a trio. Yeah, it is. I just again, like you're 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 almost it's hard because you're you're restarting at quarterback two years in a row. And you could've you could 
again, to go back, I'm going back to the beginning of the season. You could have rolled Spencer out there, let him get his feet wet, and basically prepped him for 2019. Now, that's a little disingenuous probably because it probably didn't give you the best chance to win, or especially early on. Um, but it's just those are hard decisions. And, I mean, I respect the decisions that Mike and Mike have made, but it does leave you a little bit behind the behind the curve, I think, for 2019. Yeah, I agree. And it's look, it's not happening. They're playing corn the rest of the year, and I'm really excited to see Sanders starting in the spring game and then obviously next year. I don't know where that puts Drew Brown or what he's going to be up to. Or hey, he's I have a, no snow, idea he's a snowflake anyway. He he transferred when he wasn't, you know, he transferred to another school. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> uh, will Gundy ever win two in a row over UO? I have a, how about this? Will, will Gundy ever win another Bedlam game is my question, mm. let alone two in a row. Yeah, he'll win another one. Think so? I hope. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Like, I want to say that OU can't keep putting this up at quarterback, but I've been saying that since Jason White. Like, yeah. or, or Josh Heupel. Okay, Josh Heupel's gone. They're not going to be as good at quarterback. And in comes Jason White, wins the Heisman. Well, Jason White's gone. They're not going to be as Here comes Sam Bradford, wins the Heisman. Well, Sam's gone. I mean, they'll be okay. Baker's better than all of them. And now Kyler's put up better numbers than Baker did. So maybe they'll take a step back at quarterback when Kyler leaves, but I feel like I've been saying that for 20 years now. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not confident of anybody taking a step back offensively under Lincoln Riley. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, what is Gundy's average loss margin in Bedlam? That's a good question. I mean, there's Kyle, isn't there an, an alternate universe where he's like 500 against OU? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wrote, I think a little bit of that before Bedlam last week. It's, I think you could add up, uh, like four plays. So he's two and 12. I think he could be like six and eight. I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, Going back to what was it, oh six, the Zach throw to Dewan, uh twelve, the Caleb Levy whiff, thirteen, the Justin Gilbert, and then eighteen the pass to Thailand. That's four wins right there. Four plays. God. Oh man. That's brutal. So the average margin's tiny, basically. That's yeah. the answer to that question. Uh let's see here. It appears this is from Patty in Tulsa. Appears to me Gundy is trying to get the stars to align for another real run. The hiring of a new defensive coordinator the year before the Texas AP Player of the Year takes over seems calculated. Gives him time to get players using TC the rest to get to get the rest of the guys' experience while the quarterback masters the offense. Do you think this is all part of Gundy's master plan to, no. to ride Spencer Sanders the next four years? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't either. I think I think that they struggled through a lot of these decisions in a way that Gundy is not, does not disclose publicly, and that, I might well, not be he right does. about that. He does. I mean, remember at media day, he said he hadn't thought about how they were going to use the redshirt rule. Yeah. It really appears they they didn't have a, yeah. a real plan to me. I know. I know. Uh, let's see here. Just more more questions about Gundy having PTSD from close bedlam losses. Mm, that's fun. Uh, and this is a good one, and I will end on this one. And I, I never really got an explanation. I don't know if you did in the post game. What was the? This is from Daryl. What was the with the delay of game call on the defense near on the last possession? 
Like, I, that was that was a huge call because I mean I know she only had I guess two timeouts at that point, but it, it gave OU only five yards to end the game. Yeah, I, I have no idea what that was. Uh, but speaking of penalties, I missed this. I think you saw it because I think you said something about it. But when Gundy lost his mind about the um, illegal man downfield, and then <laughs> and, and then declined the penalty. Yeah, that was an all timer. <laughs> what? What was he I, like? I didn't. For some reason, I I just completely missed on that. When was it? What happened? How did it? How did it go? Down? I mean, it's as simple as you said. I think it was like second quarter, maybe. Um, it was a situation where I think it was only a five yard penalty. So I think Gundy, in, in retrospect, thought you know the down, an extra down was not worth the five yards. He was willing to, you know, decline it and put them in second or third down as opposed to back to first. Okay. I do remember that because I remember it being second and 10 and we were all like, why did, why did, but I didn't see him going crazy to, to get the call to begin with, which is, which is hilarious. I mean, Gundy coached his ass off on Saturday. He, <laughs> he was did. screaming he was at the refs. Cursing. He pointed that out to me. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. He was a wild man. That's all, that's all you want, man. That was, that was great. It was a great, it was a great Saturday. Just it, it really it just, was. It's, it's so OSU it hurts. The, the yeah. extra point and the fumble going in yeah. is just yeah. ludicrous. And, you know, Oklahoma feels like they lost that game, Kyle. I mean, I they, they lost ground in the playoff deal. Their defense is in total shambles, and they still won Bedlam. So yeah. that has to sting. It does. It does sting. Um, okay, we we might do uh, like a quick, quick pod uh, later in the week, just doing picks for West Virginia, uniform preview, something like that. But – uh, yeah, I, I'm glad we could talk through this, Carson. It was a fantastic night of college football, and uh, back at it in, on Saturday in Stillwater. Back at it. Can't wait. Talk to you soon. All right, man.